So you know, you know what I I heard recently. Did what you know? Did you know that like that movie? Uh, what's it called? With the recent stuff, Drumpf did. I call him Drumpf, by the way. Okay. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I call him Drumpf or Forty Five because, like, for saying because his name. Man, my man's like a gun. <laughs> yeah, he's I, always loaded. I heard that the most recent thing he did uh, was actually like Idiocracy was like a documentary. You know. <laughs> oh. Is that the new one with Bradley Cooper? <laughs> Hello and welcome again to this bonus episode of Trash Future, the podcast uh, that you're listening to, TF. It's me, Riley, and we're here talking about the movie um, Idiocracy, which was a documentary, by the way. Yeah, we're here uh, on the bonus feed. We've all got huge bonus. Welcome to the show. <laughs> we got a huge bonus. Yeah. Uh, I'm joined here today in the sort of weird basement uh, by Milo Edwards. Hey, it's me. It's me, your boy. I'm hungover, but I'm ready to rock. Olga Cock. It's me. I'm your brother's girlfriend that you imagined naked. <laughs> and Nate, Nate on the boards. Hello, it's me, Nate. Just doing my thing on a Saturday in London, sweating while the earth boils us alive. <laughs> too true. It is too hot for October. It should, the, 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 the ratio of heat to spookiness is way off. <laughs> no, Some scientists should there. fucking look into this. Yeah. Seriously, guys, if anyone's looking here, look into this heat. Slutty, <laughs> like, slutty costumes should be impractical, not reasonable. Spooky Research UK. <laughs> and we are joined by Adam Wrench at Nocturmus on Twitter, host of the Stop Rewind podcast. Adam, how are you doing? I'm all right, man. I'm, uh, I'm in Ohio right now, actually. Oh, my God, where? I'm in Ohio. Where in Ohio? Sorry. Oh, uh, Finley. Nice. Sorry. I'm, I'm the biggest fan of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame there has ever been on this earth. And so I can okay. talk yeah, about... Yeah, that's like, that's like two hours from Oh my here. God. Have you been? I have never been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, no. Oh my God. You have to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's the greatest fucking place in the whole entire world. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry it is, it is a good thing in Cleveland, which is rare. Let's be perfectly <laughs> it's honest. It's incredible. <laughs> Hey, are we saying that oh, uh, Cle- a good thing in Cleveland is rare uh, because everyone in Cleveland's a damn dum dum that voted for Trump? Well, no. Also, I mean, I was going to say no. That Cleveland, Cle- Cleveland is the is part of the blue pocket of Ohio. Actually, yeah. it is actually yeah. Cleveland, oh, Cleveland is a Cleveland is a dem pocket of they Ohio. They got hella universities where the, in there. Where the good, where the yeah. good smarts and the rock and roll hole of yes, fame. Yes, yes, yeah. it's where and the, the, it's where the smarts, fire the smarties live. Believe it or yes. not. God, that's so America. <laughs> a river that caught when on you, fire, yeah. yeah. Oh, how capitalist are you? Capitalist enough for a river to catch fire? They disrupted water. Terrible thing in Cleveland where they um, decided to blow up a million uh, balloons and then the balloons like all went into Lake Erie and then just like a bunch of fish choked or whatever. Like it was horrible for the environment. <laughs> that's, that's also very America right there. <laughs> we, we thought we could swallow the balloons. We were wrong. Uh, so so we, we, are, we are here today. Uh, talking about a movie from 2005 or so. Yeah, 2005. 2005, 6. The golden age of American culture, which is post 9 11, pre social yeah, media. My period, thank the, Bush, you. the Bush years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had Lil Bush. I was a senior in college. So now I'm old as shit. <laughs> Olga, right now. Olga calls it the Bush years, but for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, but where, where the ur text of what modern liberalism has become has basically w- was generated then. And it is the movie Idiocracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, 
Idiocracy, I'll summarize the plot up front, and then we'll kind of go through it a little bit, you know, scene by scene, maybe throw in a couple of gags, explore a few of the themes, and, you know, we'll all end a little bit more informed and maybe entertained. Yeah. Um, it's like the film Dodgeball, but bad. <laughs> what if Dodgeball was bad and different? What if it was a different <laughs> and worse movie? <laughs> so, basically, if you, haven't, if you haven't seen the documentary Idiocracy, because this is what, this is what people say, right, that uh, this movie came true um, because of, you know, Drump and, and Brecht's shit. Um, is that the, the dum-dums rose up and took control of society. Now, Idiocracy posits a world in which, um, and already it's problematic off the bat, intelligence is a heritable, is just, is a heritable trait and IQ is meaningful. And it says, look, dum-dums breed a lot because they're too stupid to use condoms. And smart- I don't know anyone who doesn't use condoms. I've I know, never I met say. a man in, in my direct vicinity who doesn't use condoms. Got that, please. <laughs> He's currently oh, wearing a condom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we practice safe podcasting right but and so the idea the basic idea of the film is that the morons have outbred everyone and america is now stupid so it's a eugenics movie basically mm-hmm. um and that there is an army experiment that gets the most average man in the world uh played by uh luke wilson so not the wow one the other one um and he goes is frozen in time wakes up and through a series of, you know, kerfuffles, it is revealed that he, the most average man from our time, is the most intelligent man of that time. And so gets into a series of scuffles and scrapes and ends up saving the world because he re- makes them all realize that they have to water cr- crops with water rather than a sports drink. It's like, what if Austin Powers was a film about why you should have voted for Al Gore? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it wasn't? <laughs> um, and, the gen- and so that's, that's the basic structure of the movie um and so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it over over to uh, to adam to open up some of the uh thematic and scenic discussion yeah yeah so i mean the film is absolutely just uh an apology for eugenics uh it imagines that like it's being clever or uh somehow um sort of critiquing the sort of culture of stupidity uh, which is such a Bush, I mean, it's like it's like the quintessential sort of theme of the Bush years with W as president or something. But the way it imagines doing this, uh, I mean, number one, it has no understanding of class structure, despite its like sort of mockery of uh, our obsession with like brands. Uh, it doesn't actually, it doesn't actually aim to critique any of those kinds of things. Um and then what it, the entire film is just one big gag about how stupid people like boobs and sex and hand jobs and like food. And one of my biggest, like, I mean, I really can't say enough bad things about this film. It's, <laughs> it may be one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life, but, um, we're all feeling reli- very lethargic it's re- after seeing it. It's reliance on like uh, physiognomy, like this idea that stupid people are also ugly and have like fucked up faces and like speak with like impediments. It's just, you know, I mean, he, you know, Mike Judge did some of that with Beavis and Butthead, obviously. Um, but here, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's, it's gross. It's like really gross. Um, yeah. So the, the well, I didn't think we were here to dispute science. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically medieval science, more or less. Yeah. Phrenology. It's a film about how phrenology yeah. was right. It's a, kind of. <laughs> um, so what, what of the, one of the inciting incidents of the film, actually, I think this sort of comes out right away, is that Joe's, uh, the, the Luke Wilson's character, Joe, is 
his sleeping is his pod is on top of a giant garbage pile. Um, <laughs> and then there's a garbage avalanche that causes him to crash into the room of Frito. Uh, played by the in, the inimitable Dax Shepard. I can't believe by you remember point, all these people's names. Jeez. Yeah, and Frito's by this point cost a pound each. Dax, Dax <laughs> Shepard, who looks identical to Zach Braff, by the yeah. way. Yeah, he does. No, he's 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 mirror universe stupid Zach Braff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zach Braff is pretty stupid. He's like if the guy from Garden State, like uh, you know, just inbred a bunch of times or something. I was just going to say that, like in the Power Rangers, when a trash avalanche causes something to happen, at least it's Rita Repulsa, and you understand what's going on. But in this case, it's just a dumb thing that happens, and then it leads to another dumb thing happening. Yeah. Basically. Oh, it's just a se- it's a series of unkind. What one major plot point is advanced by a character going to the bathroom? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is not a smart film. Riley definitely thought of that, and Olga did not notice that at all. That was definitely not the point that she she pointed out to all of us as we were watching it at my lowest. We're communists here. We share the points evenly. Yes. <laughs> as long as you're the one making them, then of course yeah. we're sharing yeah, exactly. them, correct? It's one, one man, one point. I'm the man, and I have the point. Grow the fucking Stalin mustache already, Riley. <laughs> yeah. So, but the uh, what happens is, is, is he crashes into um, Dax Shepard's house, and then Dax Shepard immediately sort of begin responds to him um with uh using w- using a dumb talk which is described as uh inner city slang and s- a series of grunts the no it, it was described as the english language has basically devolved into valley girl speak inner city slang and a series of grunts so basically yeah. women are dumb black people are dumb and people make caveman noises yeah mm. uh, exactly and Can you all just stop pretending that you're mad that someone thought of the tr- future as trash before you? <laughs> <laughs> they just took it way more literally. It was amazing. When he first goes back to the future and he's like wandering around the streets and like panning in, like everyone is driving like kind of like beaten up cars and there's all these like buildings that look futuristic but are really decrepit. It looks exactly like provincial Russian towns. <laughs> like, like there's like weird futuristic buildings but they're somehow just like shitholes at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that's, that's the the weird question it leaves open, right? The paradox of the really advanced technology. Yeah, like yeah. that thing in the hospital is like actually super, like super advanced. Yeah, who so, invented that? <coughs> well, it's a butt plug that tells you what's wrong with you. That's amazing. So that's that's one of the. That's, <laughs> it's usually daddy issues. That's one. <laughs> that's one of the. That's one of the main sort of things that sort of comes up right with it with this film is that. As uh, as Joe sort of moves through this world trying to figure out what's going on, but not really just not accepting that, you know, he's gone into the future. He knew he was going to be in a sleep state. He Everything's futuristic. There are like little electric cars and, you know, police blowing shit up like, well, that's present you know that's that was actually the funniest bit about the film how like everything's dumb in the future but the cops are the same <laughs> like the cops are just shooting everyone yeah, the and cops everyone. Much at all yeah it's uh, uh sir we need to uh clinically ascertain your vehicle uh for uh to for, for destruction because you have uh uh heretofore uh stolen uh, medical services from the hospital <laughs> yeah no, that scene, the scene where he's in the back seat and he just keeps spraying him with that shit like in the eyes and then like and then at some point they just they just shoot the car a bunch and it explodes and they all start yeah, cheering. I mean, every single time the cops like, did every, thing, every single time the cops now. did anything, yeah, well, that's the exact reaction we had was like, oh well, cops in 2018. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> I like the idea the the implication of the film is that the cops are so dumb now that they're actually just perfectly adapted to the future. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're just Hell on yeah, this the next roll. level is what you're trying to yeah, say. So <laughs> we we sort of allude but we've alluded to this like high technology that they have, sort of as the as the as, as the characters Joe and this this woman Rita. Uh, played by Maya Rudolph um, are sort of orienting themselves in the future 
they come across a Carl's Jr., for example, which is the, the only place that you can really sort of get any, any food. Um, and the Carl's Jr. is an extraordinarily advanced machine that almost look, feels like replicator technology. You just push a button and out comes food magically. And there, there's a woman sort of bashing at it, being like, I need to eat, please, I need to eat. And it says, Carl's Jr. frowns on vandalism and then sprays her with a, a sort of calming jet of drug. But then you also remember that they said that you're a bad mother because your children are hungry. So their children are going to be taken into the possession of Carl's Jr. Yeah. Yeah. And if you missed yeah. that part as well. But, but effect- <laughs> effectively, uh, a, a car- the Carl's Jr. vending machine is uh, child, child protective services and, and mental health services. You for some it, reason. Ru- it roofs you <laughs> and it makes you pay for things even when it gives you empty containers that have no food in them. Which again, that's that is just mo. That's a true for now. Yes. But B. I think it's a, a good. That is sort of a good first level critique of like, yes, there is an, encro- an encroachment of the private sector on on like, for example, child protective services or. You know, like when yeah. when families are separated at the border in in uh, the states, it's a private company that does it. Or like the whole thing about Brondo just bought out the de- the Department of Health and Human Services and bought out um, the Securities Exchange Commission. And I, I just remember watching that. I'm like, yes, that seems ridiculous in 2005 when this movie was made. It actually might not be that far off the mark now. Yeah, uh, we're not we're not taking your children. We're outsourcing your children. But I think the qu- <laughs> the question that sort of uh, that always is in, in my mind. I think one of the things that makes this movie so sort of ring so hollow and be such a terrible sort of unthinking like uh, analysis of any th- any of our problems is that it's never answered who owns the Carl's Jr. What, who designed that? Who designs these brill these incre- who these sort of enforcement machines that take your kids, drug you, and take your money and don't give you any food? Who who owns it? Yeah, so what was the point at which human technology stopped developing and then like everything just stayed the same and started falling apart? Like there because clearly these things are still the future. And it's like, okay, society got dumber, but like at some point everyone stopped being able to figure it out. Was that like twenty years ago? Was that a hundred years ago? Like, how old is this Carl's Jr. machine? Like, is this thing actually like did this come out? 50 years after he was put in the, in the, the cryogenic chamber. And then like, since then everything's just been, it's just never been refilled. I mean, like none of that's answered because just like the point you raised Riley, like, or I think it was Milo, like, yeah. wait a minute, he's been in this coffin for 500 years. How did it not run out of batteries? How did it not fill with his shit from fucking being fed through yeah. a tube? Yeah. Like it's a thing that's just not thought through in the film. And then similarly with this, it's like you have this, it's played for sight gags alone, but like, at just one degree above completely just passively watching the film, you're sort of like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why is this? The, yeah. I, you're left with questions because it's not been thought through wait, in some on. way. I under, now I understand what the, what the thesis of this film is. It's that, like, the only smart person left alive is Elon Musk, and he owns all of the companies, <laughs> but one day he 420'd so hard and got so stoned that he accidentally fired himself into space, and everyone was like, now we're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> But also, Olga brought up a point, too, about uh, are there any other countries on this planet? Because it's like, wait a minute. Looks like it's just America. Yep. America sucks. Mm -hmm. But like, are other countries also as fucked up? Like, we don't know. We just know that because of the whole, oh, no, the white trash are breeding too fast kind of thing. That's very specifically American, too. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that doesn't take into account your normal insane overpopulation demagoguery. Normal insane overpopulation demagoguery is over in Europe is basically worried about Muslim birth rates. So maybe it's that America is a as a dumb white trash state where people are doing jet ski jumps in the reflecting pool with the over the uh, Washington Monument which is fucking <laughs> ill and then yeah. Europe is a caliphate 
Exactly. Yeah, they they can't show it because video is haram now. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, so Venezuela actually, is like a communist paradise. They had to cut that from the film. The studios <laughs> wouldn't go for it. But Adam, I'm wondering because you you raised this point earlier. And I wonder if you might elaborate on it. Like the fact that not only it, they, they seem to conflate working class people with dumb people in this movie a lot. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, like, um, <clears throat> I mean, I think that's like a huge problem uh, generally, and I think that really kind of emerged in you know, the nineties and into the two thousands where, uh, you know, education became conflated with like upper class. And we began to imagine class not as anything no longer tied to any sort of material, um, relations, but it's primarily just about like, uh, how smart you are and like, you know, how cultured you are. And which is why actually the logic of like, white trash doesn't make any sense because people like Sarah Palin can be white trash, even though she's like a millionaire or something. Um, and, and in the film, like everyone is basically white trash. Uh, like even the president, you know what I mean? He's he, like, they do the monster truck shows and like they shoot guns and like, uh, yeah, they yeah. like stuff that they like yeah. stuff. That's cool. I love how all the monster trucks in the monster truck show just have different sizes of dildo on the front. <laughs> it's like a really like weird, like sexually aggressive monster truck show. Well, it's the um, well, that's the that's there's the thing, right? It's they're they're saying that the problem that the the idiocracy thesis, and this is the thesis of I think the labor right and the Democrats and all these people is basically that coarseness is the problem. Mm-hmm. And we're coarse because because the dum dums have overpopulated. The dum dums have too much power, and so this is why after the Brexit vote, you have sort of a lot of hand wringing, and then papers like the New European being like three cheers for elites. We have too much democracy, and so on and so forth. It's like the the, the point that making this is people don't read any books because reading is gay. It's like I'm not worried about people who think reading is gay. I'm worried about people who are like I like Julia Savola a lot. Yeah. I like to read a lot of books about fascism. <laughs> <laughs> I, Reading is pretty gay, though, right? I mean, we are agreed on that. <laughs> well, I think the the other the only the other things that's sort of pervasive in this film is um is the is sort of consu- is the is the critique of consumerism. Well, yeah. So, I mean, the film wants the film it wants to have things sort of both ways. I think a lot of times where it wants to make fun of stupid people and stupid people's obsession with you know buying mindless shit and like watching videos of some guy getting his you know getting kicked in the balls a bunch of times and thinking that's like funny, but it, it, it has, it doesn't really want to understand or explore how that kind of, uh, culture perpetuates itself. It just, it just, it just is. And, you know, it, it makes fun of corporations and it, you know, it's making fun of like the fact that like Brondo owns everything and has replaced water. But then, yeah, it's just like, well, who owns Brondo? Like, how is Brondo making, how is Brondo actually even making money? Like the whole point at the end is like, everyone is mad because Brondo's stock fell. And it's just like, we're led to believe that like this nation of people who like can't even utter a complete sentence, like is investing in stocks or something. Like, I don't understand like what, like the internal logic of the film doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, I mean, they made the, like, yeah, Brondo, the stock tank cause and 50% of the other gu- country works for Brondo. But once again, it's like, that's a funny one liner. It doesn't make any sense in the context yeah. of like the world that they sort of built in this film. Well, 
the the other the other sort of the other thing that I so, sort of we we notice right is that one of the major plot points is that there's a major dust bowl and a food shortage because they've been watering the crops with a sports drink. Haha, ha, what idiots! The future um, where the crops are gamers. But, but it's they're not watering the crops the sports drink because they're idiots. They're watering the crops the sports drink because Brondo, the sports drink company just purchased all the water and got rid of it so it could sell yeah. more Brondo. That's so that's actually like kind of a capitalist problem. Yeah, that's that that didn't happen because people are dumb. It happened because of the nature of capital. It's like, then yeah. you realize the sequel to Idiocracy. It's like where all the smart people went to New Zealand with Peter Thiel where they just abduct people from America and drink their blood to sustain their empire on this on this weird island in the South Pacific. But they do it in such a twee-friendly way. Yeah. <laughs> it's also such a surface childish understanding of like smart. I love how just like reading equals smart. I love that mm-hmm. so much. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Even his final speech is literally just like, people used to read. Maybe we'll read again. Like that. That's intelligence. Maybe we should start come- with a hustler magazine. <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna we'll, we'll cut that part of the film, the, the audio in right now. Like, yeah, because it's so it's so mm-hmm. bad. I'd forgotten how bad it is because like I had a certain fondness for this movie because I saw it in college and like it was like a sleeper hit. Like it what didn't really do well with test audiences. No surprise, but it did become kind of like a DVD sales, people through word of mouth sharing it kind of thing. And there's a lot of one-liners in this film that I recognize just because they became sort of jokes amongst like Brondo has electrolytes, what are electrolytes? That's what plants crave, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. But I realize now how much of this is very much an argument for eugenics. And I think another thing too is just like, on one hand, there's the absurd part. There's the, you know, this doesn't make sense if you give it more than a moment's attention. And on the other, the stuff that seems so far-fetched, that's made to be ridiculous, is not that far off the mark now. Like, uh, one of the scenes that that, uh, comes to mind, because it's literally one of the longer scenes in the film, Mm -hmm. is when they go out to look at the crops. Yeah. And um, so they show up, they have, the the guy has the RV with the machine gun on top of it. He's the secretary of education or whatever. And he's just mm-hmm. like, she has this nepotism job and he's a complete moron. A thing that happens in America now, of course, like yeah. no yeah. surprise. And has always happened in America. And, because yeah. this is a documentary. Exactly. Continue. It's a documentary. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but then you know, they bring out Maya Rudolph. He makes some sex jokes. They walk out into the bushes. They're talking, they're trying to escape. And then, you know, it's revealed that uh, the, they get sprayed with Brondo because the, the the watering devices are spraying energy drink. And walking through this, it's just sort of like you come to realize that on one hand, they have the absurd joke that they're making about like, oh, they're, they're so dumb, they had no idea. It's just Gatorade is better than water. And on the other hand, it's like most of their problems are because the wrong people are in power. Like yeah. that's that's the problem, right? That's the problem. This scene is is alluding to is like a bunch of idiots who are there for some dumb reason. Like the kid who won a contest, the guy who's just like the I mean, inbred that's Jared. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. It's like, and so so much of this, it's like on one hand, I look at it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is just dumb jokes without much afterthought. And on the other hand, I'm like, yes, but I mean, a day in the Trump cabinet can't be any less stupid than this shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, bet yeah. you dumber things have been said around their table than all the dumb shit they say in those like <laughs> boardroom, like those those cabinet meeting scenes in this film. <laughs> the difference Trump is, is definitely that, called someone fun bags. Yeah. <laughs> the, the difference is that everyone in the cabinet in this film is dressed like Flavor Flav for some reason. <laughs> yes. Which I'm almost certain is racist. <laughs> yeah, can, we, can we talk about that for a minute? The, 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 the fact that like, like the House of Representin or like some of these things that are in this film that like seem as though they're sort of like well people are dumb and so they talk like stereotypical black people who are also dumb to twee liberals who made this film yeah absolutely like Mm. you pointed it out Olga pointed it out and like I that's something that like 
at you know as someone who was in college in 2006 when this film came out that completely flew over my head then and now I watch I'm like wow this is kind of racist like actually it's more than kind of racist like it's just it's a kind of like it's a way that represents racism as just sort of like a thing that's so tied into our culture that you don't even realize it that a film has one has well has two black characters really when you get down to it unless you yeah. count upgrade who literally isn't in the movie yeah um has two black characters somehow still in all these scenes of white people talking to other white people has you constantly referring to the fact subconsciously like oh yes they're doing dumb things like black people talk yeah and yeah. that's that registers without them having to say so mm-hmm. but Dang. that to me like is kind of that seems pernicious the president is a black person representation matters well exactly like they solve it <laughs> they can't be a racist society they have a black president even though literally well, oh, the wait, two other that black- didn't happen <laughs> yeah. well the, one of the funniest scenes of the film actually which kind of i think gets to this in some ways is at the very beginning when the army guy is like talking about how he met, how he uh, recruited Maya Rudolph's character and he uh, was talking to her pimp. And there's just like, he has like 80 slides of him partying, you know, with these people, but it's obviously plays into like these like really gross stereotypes um, you know, about black pimps and like, you know, urban culture and all this shit. And then he drops an N-bomb. He does. He, he, does. Very, oh, yeah. very, very casually, he just says that. that. Yeah. Just, he, just, he, just, he, just dro- he just he just drops an N-bomb because it's cool and edgy and funny. Um, but, it's actually if you're an army officer, you're allowed to do that. It's a yeah. really- <laughs> when, when, once, once you get to field grade rank, you're just allowed to be racist all the time. But yeah. you're, you're allowed to the, the, the United States' arsenal of slurs. Exactly. You've, been, you've been trained. You can blast ends. I can um, handle that. But Look, what, I, highly trained army officers such as myself should be able to blast the N-word, but <laughs> civilians do not need to blast the N-word. They should There's be happy a, with smaller, less harmful slurs. <laughs> this like slurs, or Dago. These slurs belong in the streets of Afghanistan, not yeah. our streets. This, this is meant for the battlefield where you have to be really racist, not the home country where only a little bit of racism you should be If done. you're hunting deer, you don't need to be racist at over a thousand yards. <laughs> But okay, one of the things I actually I also wanted to wanted to get in wanted to get into was like when Brondo fires everyone, the CEO just says, "Yeah, the computer said we're all fired." So that's a, a, so oh, it's that, a little Britain sketch from the same time period. <laughs> but that that but that makes me wonder. Like, he's the CEO, and the computer's telling him he's fired. Who's it, it, that, that's, and that's the question this film always leaves unanswered. Who's controlling the computer? Because at least in other weird dystopian movies like RoboCop, you haven't you know who the bad people are. They have power. They have money. They are like the elites controlling the fucked up situation that people are putting up with. In this film, it's just completely absent. Everyone is dumb, and so there can be no ruling class. Even though there is a ruling class, they're just dumb. Also, yeah, the enemy isn't the. That's the thing. It's like it's like if you are to if. If you want a politics, you have to name an enemy. This is the person we're against. But this is this is why this is the urtext of liberalism because the enemy is just dum dums, and so if everyone was smart, they would all do the right thing. But they're all too dumb, and so they voted for Jill Stein or wrote in Bernie or you know uh, just didn't vote, which is dumb. If only they, they had read books. Yeah, like, if only like, they'd read like, enough like books. Like famous reader of the Peloponnesian War, Steve Bannon. Yeah. <laughs> How could we forget Bernie Sanders' campaign slogan, Medicare for all, it's what plants crave. <laughs> I'm also taken aback because I think some of this film's strongest points as far as landing jokes are its sight gags. Um, but I think that also, in a way, speaks to like just how hollow it is. Because I will admit, I laugh at the jokes like, uh well I mean the 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 ride at the end with the the dinosaurs fighting World War Two and the un un Nazi America or whatever I'll admit that I laugh at the constant like 
uh, adult coffee, uh, adult tax returns. Gentleman's like latte. Gentleman's yeah. latte, et cetera. Starbucks but, giving hand jobs. I mean, that's like a pretty funny joke. Yeah, you, 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 yeah, you, you, you laugh okay, at it. You're telling me you've never put your dick in a lukewarm coffee? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> lukewarm? That's baby stuff. <laughs> Give it to me. I want to Lukewarm coffee, Wilson, the other brother. <laughs> Fuck. But but I, I do feel like the fact that, I mean... The jokes that I thought were funniest when I saw this film as a, you know, probably its intended audience, you know, a 21-year-old, 22-year-old college student, uh, now seem the hollowest to me. Like, the joke that the film is called Ass, and it's just an ass, like, that's just, that seems like such a surface-level joke to make about, what do dumb people like? Oh, ha-ha, swear words and butts. Uh, but like, actually, they like this podcast, Nate, because... Because <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're hearing this, the they're paying history. for it. I'll say, if they're hearing this, they're paying for it. So, like, exactly. maybe maybe you should take the lessons of idiocracy, listener, and read a book and not listen to us. <laughs> the, the ass bit is the wokest part of that film for me. That's the, like, <laughs> the part where the, but the best film is just called Ass, because that's, like... The irony is that that film is actually better than the film it's in. <laughs> <laughs> I, would have, I would have rather have looked at an ass for an hour and a half, I think, than watch that film. You yeah. mean last night? <laughs> Sorry, Adam, I do not know you well enough to make that joke. <laughs> what, a, what a brilliant it's example. Right, of, right. Therefore, why are you looking at my ass? <laughs> <laughs> and so it, I think, but even that, like the, look, we could, I could get into an hour of Frankfurt School culture theory on this. I won't, but... Please. Oh no! Please. <laughs> how could we ever? Oh, how could we ever not suffer through that, Riley? No, Adam and I'll talk about it off mic, um, and we're out of time. But the, uh, the the movie ass, right? Like it's <laughs> <laughs> the Oscar winning movie. Sorry, sorry. The diegetic film ass, and the uh, sequel to Ass Too Furious. <laughs> this is right. Riley's master thesis. It's like me's on a beam in Mike Judge's 2005 Idiocracy. The film ass and its progenitors. <laughs> well, but the, the film the, again the, the sort of the the concept of the film and again the concept that what well, you can see this in a lot of like sort of hand-wringing culture war like liberal culture war writing in like the new york times or whatever is it's like ah uh, we We're have failing new york times we Thank have dumb you. movies because dumb people want to see dumb things and so mm. of course movies like ass are being made because people demand to see ass Whereas I think I think quite okay. Where where's, do where's like the that, lie? Where's but, the lie? So I think, but I, I think really like <laughs> I think people quite, demand to see. Ass. This is the best part of the podcast. Where is the lie? I'm sorry. But no, I, this is good. This is yeah, good. I think, so I think, but I think I, I hear no ass, see no ass, eat no ass. <laughs> I'm sorry, Riley. Frankfurt School. No, that's fine. But uh, uh, Adam, like you, sort of like this is like something sort of in your sort of bailiwick of study. <laughs> Wait, Not a pretentious word at all. Welcome to my bailiwick of study. <laughs> this week on BBC Four. But that is like the classical. Uh, that's like the characteristic switch um, of of causality that takes place in most liberal discourse, um, because they have no understanding. There's no understanding of social structures everything is understood as like the free choices of individuals even if they don't realize that that's how they understand the world and so the only people that could be blamed for these kinds of things are the people who are you know going to see the film um and and you see that with like i mean the entire film is structured around this idea that um people are dumb but it, it makes no attempt to understand why they're dumb um but the point is the, they don't really care why they're dumb. They're just, it's their fault. You know, it's much easier to sort of like say, well, the, our, our country sucks now because, you know, a bunch of inbred, you know, low IQ 
backwards white trash folk have 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 had too many children because you know they're they're too stupid to use a condom. So it's much easier to say that than it is to be like actually like we have this entire uh, you know uh, system of production that is like actually producing people and actually it, it you know it's 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 creating the conditions of possibility for people to like uh, to become that way. Um, yeah, I mean, that's how it's like almost right, isn't it? Because a bunch of like inbred white trash people did have too many kids. And now that one of them's called Eric, one of them's called Donald Jr. <laughs> one called Ivanka. Actually, Baron's fine. Yeah, Baron's good. Yeah. I mean, but, but something else I'd point out too is that it's interesting in this film that you basically, you don't see any kind of like state in the sense of power besides the police. The police are there and they do things and they're really dumb and they blow shit up. And then you have the president and you have the justice system. But for all this, like, seeing what should be, like, the structure of the state, you don't see any power whatsoever because they're all bad at their jobs and dumb. And somewhere, somehow, there must be someone who's good at their job. Like, otherwise, the system would have collapsed so much faster and so much further than it is now. Like, what you're seeing is, like, a weird parody of society, but you're not actually seeing, like, post-collapse. Like, post-collapse is, like, Cormac McCarthy's The Road, right? Yeah. Like, that's what, if if mass starvation was happening, that's what you'd be seeing. But instead, you see, like, this semblance of the state that's somehow held together. Like, people live in cities, even though apparently they're starving. Apparently, they have no water. That doesn't make any sense. And it's, it's, like, one of those things where you could spend all day kind of trying yourself in knots, trying to find a sort of, like, epistemology to understand this but really it's just it's just lots of creative oversights yeah it's just not been written into it because like no one thought of it it's like a dream it's like we're in the future and everyone's dumb and now and now i'm on a boat and george clooney's here (laughs) and i'm naked for some reason i don't understand it you know what you know what the only way this film makes sense is if there is a space station of uh, like sort of you know an immortal Peter Thiel and yeah. an Elon Musk insane rich people yeah, yeah. Who, and that so they own the Carl's Jr. Or whatever they've done all the regulatory capture and sort of now they're just harvesting all these sort of dumb idiots blood it only makes sense as a redo of the time machine with the Morlocks and the Eloy where can I invest <laughs> also wondering too if they're having a, a like a famine then why are there so many fat people because like the joke is haha they're fat so I, ha- I can't restrain myself from making butter. haha they're making haha <laughs> they're fat jokes but then also there has to be a famine because everyone's dumb they don't know how to grow food oh yeah well that's the, the other conflation of dumbness with poorness and uh, dumbness poorness and ugliness are all wrapped up together because all of these people made all the wrong cho- individual choices and added up together that means that you get a hand job at a Starbucks a hand job at your tax return and co- your law degree from Costco I mean that's pretty good it's very convenient you one stop shop <laughs> Stop talking about hand jobs like they're a thing. First of all, second of all, I have I have a question. Um, so when so let's say when Luke Wilson is watching the ass film, is it that he's thinking that people who are smart don't like this shit and like it's us versus them, or is it people that are smart are constantly overpowering the desire in themselves to look at ass and they are uh, hence morally superior because they ha- they have the strength not to look at ass? Which one is it? All right, Lacan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who has whom among us has the strength not to look at ass really i i still think like that the idea of like the hand job tax return thing is very progressive because what do we as leftists want rich people to pay their taxes what do rich people love hand jobs case closed <laughs> donald trump is always bragging about how many he got and from whom exactly. in the 90s he'd be paying his taxes twice <laughs> but if donald trump if he if he went on to brag about how he didn't pay his taxes then everyone would laugh he's like well that means you're not getting any hand jobs <laughs> and we can't respect a man who doesn't trump get hand jobs no pussy <laughs> I, I'm going to release my tax returns. I'm going to release all over my tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the 
in fact, I think this this sort of segues neatly into one of the points that we can that I sort of wanted to bring up, which is towards the towards the end the end of the movie where sort of Joe has been made the sort of smartest man in the world, Secretary of the Interior, solve all the problems. Um, he turns to Maya, the other sort of normal person from present times, and he's and and he says to her, "It's a weird feeling being smarter than everyone." And that's the way I felt when I got wedgies every day in school, but now I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie for fucking hall monitors. Oh, no, it definitely is. I mean, it's definitely, there's definitely like, I can't tell you how many times people have pointed at this film, something happening in popular culture and being, and, and said unironically, oh, it's just like idiocracy. Riley, the joke you've been wanting to say this entire thing is. Well, oh, oh, oh damn. Uh, don't. <laughs> Do old old Donald Trump once again colluding with Russia to photocopy his ass on a white a White House photocopy machine. Looks like Idiocracy was a damn documentary, huh? Hey. Yeah. Well, and also like the whole vibe of the film is that it's like a film about like being smart, but actually written by dumb people because like all of the references about being smart are like things that five year olds think are being smart. They it's say like, Einstein three times. Yeah, yeah the Einstein <laughs> thing. It's like it's oh, the- if only Albert Einstein were here, <laughs> renowned physicist Albert Einstein, who could solve all of these ingrained socioeconomic problems with using physics. <laughs> yeah, he'd get up on the podium and he'd say something smart like e equals mc squared, and then like the entire society would be fixed. You know what? You know what this literally is. This is the dumb liberal version of people being like, this is just like when George Orwell wrote, if I can't be racist, then we'll be living in 1984. In his book, <laughs> 1984. <laughs> 1984 was the least racist year. I was going to say, yeah, how do you react to the um, that, that line, it's a weird feeling being way smarter than everyone? Well, it's... It, it, I mean, it's a, yeah, it it's a really dumb line, for one thing. Um, but it's also, drill. I think, it, like you guys were kind of saying, like the, the way that the film imagines what it means to be smart has has no real, like understanding of of intelligence because it can only understand i mean number one it understands intelligence as something that's fundamentally genetic you either are smart or are not smart that's just who you are it's like identity politics for your brain or something identity and, politics for nerds yeah and so and so the idea is like now of course if if you weren't smart before but suddenly you are smart now and you didn't have to do any work to become that then yeah you would say wow it's a weird feeling to be smart because i wasn't smart before because what it means to be smart has 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 nothing to do with <clears throat> like how you engage with the world it's just something you either are or not and well, it's dinner it's dinner party smarts basically it's yeah. like but but also that there's this weird kind of like not to sound too much like a wonky asshole here but like as much as this film references Charles Darwin in the very beginning like it literally has a picture of Charles Darwin and it talks about how we used to people used to we would, breeding would reward people with superior traits like it basically seems to adhere to like Lamarckian inheritance. If your parents were poor and they were dumb, then you'll be poor and dumb. And it literally, there's no such thing as anybody having any skills whatsoever. Like, also notice that like the the people who want to have kids, but they're like, oh, we can't, not in this economy. Like, they're smart and clearly rich. Yeah. Right. And then the people who are just trucking and fucking all day long, like they are poor. They have pickup trucks. They play football. They live in trailers. Like they're obviously white trash. It's like in such a way, like it, it starts out from the very beginning, conflating class with intelligence to the point where like like. It's just strange to me that more people didn't take offense to that, like right off the bat. And that may just be like 
indicative of a the fact this was kind of a cult movie to begin with yeah but b like the cultural moment in which it was produced because if you go back to like mid-2000s liberalism it's the smuggest fucking shit on the oh, planet everyone and was it pulling makes, up their pants it and makes you code. want to fucking tie tie your fucking tie your rope to your dick and jump off a bridge oh yeah like you want to die but also never breed i mean like it's really <laughs> that bad don't worry the pause will never read between the lines of this film they don't read <laughs> <laughs> actually that that highlights one thing at, at the be at the beginning uh cleavon who's a yokel named after a french king from the middle early middle ages um nerd almost. nerd good one riley <laughs> fuck you guys cleave um, on the great wait really quickly the one when, when he's like it's weird to feel smarter than everyone else is that not the feeling where you discover masturbation then you come to school the next day <laughs> covered in your own jizz <laughs> all these like, fools know is. nothing <laughs> Look, the like, Shit, are the- you a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like towards the beginning of the film, they were like, the, the, the it's um, it's sort of seen as a sh- like they like this guy, one of the guys, the dumb guy who's breeding a lot, jumps a jet ski into a lake and nearly ruins his balls and capacity to breed. But then doctors save his capacity to breed, and that's shown as making society bad. Medicare for all is bad because it's going to create people like Cleavon. You shouldn't have. He shouldn't be treated by doctors. Only smart people should be treated by doctors. That's the future I want to live in. Oh shit! <laughs> nah. the, 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 well, here's here. One of the other things about the film is so the film equates being smart with having the correct politics, and I think this is what a lot a lot of liberals still think. I mean, they certainly thought it in in the two thousands, and I, but I still think we're sort of we haven't gotten away from that, which is that if you are smart. Like racism, for instance, is a problem of intelligence. Only stupid people are racist because they're too stupid to realize that it doesn't make any sense or something. So if you are smart, therefore you will you will you will accept the proper sort of liberal attitude toward things. But that's just not true. Like there are plenty of people who are smart and who are awful human beings. Like Richard Spencer is not a dumb guy. I mean, he's well read, he's articulate, but he's a piece of shit. And also, like intelligence has gotten us all kinds of things that are not intelligence is what is what got us the atom bomb. Intelligence is what got us like, you know, Facebook and like insane algorithms that that spy on us on a daily basis. So the idea that intelligence in and of itself is somehow de facto good is itself p- part of the problem that the film never attempts to sort of think critically about. Well, yeah, it's the it's because if you sort of push liberalism long enough. It gets to this kind of authoritarian place where they'll be like, "Well, no, we need a kind of philosopher king. Uh, yeah. we we need to make we need we need to make it so that everyone pulls up their pants and learns to code hard enough that they all become." As sp- a computer science major, I do take this as a personal attack. <laughs> I was just gonna, it is. I was just going to say for the ass. <laughs> I was just going to say that this film actually corresponds quite well to Mike Bloomberg being his. Going from being the mayor of New York City to having presidential ambitions, so it is entirely possible in that historical moment that Mike Bloomberg saw idiocracy and he was like, "I need to save America by banning <laughs> soft drinks for everyone." I mean, Keely. I mean, I'm terribly sorry to quote a Keely joke here, but it's so apt. Where he was like, "What you need to beat um, a bad guy with a million dollars is a good guy with a million dollars." Is what Michael <laughs> Bloomberg thought. <laughs> Actually, but that's the. But then all the sort of the general. Um, I think the, the, then the liberals take of, well, we need to push the, the kind of like the Bloomberg guy. We need to push the technocrat who's very boring, but who's not boorish and who doesn't talk about all the hand jobs he got on yachts. He um, keeps that thing secret because, you know, some of those kids were, you know, younger than they should have been. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's not Michael Bloomberg specifically. That's just anyone in this general. Is lots Michael of Bloomberg was making sure they weren't drinking any sugary drinks. That's what he was doing with them on that boat. <laughs> Show me your hands. Is that sugar on those hands? <laughs> That's not sugar. Michael, Michael, yes, Papa. Oh, no, Eating no, no, sugar, no, 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 no Papa. No, Drinking no, sugar, no, 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 no Michael. Right, um, but it's but that's that's the attitude, right? And again, this is another another quote that uh, from um, Luke Wilson's character Joe, um, where when he's tr- when he's about to be killed in a monster truck ring by a bunch of motorized dildos because dum dums would like that. Again, uh-huh, also dicks, so yeah, funny. Yeah. Only stupid people like dicks, am I right? Stupid people like the Romans. They thought they were a sign of power. Yeah. Um, is that he grabs the mic and says, "Is this the kind of world you want, where you blow up the only guy trying to help you?" Uh, which and then and, and that's because that's that is essentially every New York Times op-ed that is written by her. Brett Stevens. Yeah, it's cue, the, cue the Iraq War, by the way. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean that. We're just Luke Wilson is Saddam Hussein. <laughs> like, there's all this chaos going on in Iraq, and the Americans are about to kill him, and he's like, "No, you're killing the only guy who can help you." <laughs> but then, and that's the thing. It's that is that is that, and I think that the film again makes the makes accidentally makes the right point which is Sean William Scott called Beef Supreme uh says should we do it and then just is like Is it Sean William Scott? I think so. Okay. And Wait, is like, that Stifler? Yeah. I don't think we, No, I don't think no, that was Stifler. No, he's the other as Ashton Kutcher. No. No, he's one of them. He's one of those Sure. Let's, what of that the ones that were one of the one of the Hollywood actors from the period when this film was made. Yes. <laughs> it, the, you know those guys that were grown in a vat to like be in teen comedies. Those guys. Don't tell people about my vats, Riley. <laughs> um, but he, um, but then the, the Beef Supreme, the guy executing him with a rocket pelt grenade a man launcher, named after a pot noodle. <laughs> Actually, Beef Supreme is Owen Wilson's older brother, Andrew Wilson. Really? Oh my God, there's another Wilson. There is another Wilson. Saying Owen Wilson's older but brother. Apparently, he su- called he's, Beef Supreme. He sucks <laughs> at acting so bad he can only be in a movie where he has no speaking parts as yeah. himself. Well, he does. He just he does a limp wrist thing, and it's like, yeah, that ah, that asshole. He's gay. Yeah, but that's every. That's the that's again. It's like though we have to go and we have to listen to the the Trump the, the sort of the people who voted for Trump. They have to tell them like how how could we we want to give you Medicare? How are you voting against your own best interests? But that lecturing attitude just is like no. I'm mean, gonna flamethrower this guy's ass. <laughs> Fuck him. Anything funnier than an ass is an ass on fire. Yeah, it's like it's like it uh, it does like it must at some level it knows that its politics are absolutely ridiculous because the most eloquent statement of its politics is an utter failure that ends up with the main character getting shot at. Well, I mean, I, I'm just gonna say that I've school be, politics doesn't work. I've been a fan of Mike Judge's work. Um, Said the guy who makes the most preachy podcast I have ever heard in my whole entire <laughs> life. <laughs> I like Mike Judge's work on a whole, but. In this case, it almost seems as though in making this and trying to make it a critique of like, what's wrong with society today? It actually winds up kind of unintentionally being a critique of American liberalism. And it absolutely is not intended to be that way. And so it's like, you can't look at it and be like, oh, this is actually a really wry critique. Like, you know, you have to read between the lines because there is nothing between the lines. It's just kind of accidentally skewering liberalism because it's so preachy but not in a way that's meant to be subtle in any, in any form it's absolutely vocalizing the same exact emotion you're talking about when he says you're trying to kill the only person who's trying to help you that could literally be uh why don't you like why don't you like the affordable care act yeah. aren't you happy that we bailed out the banks like or iraqi civilians but the people there with guns and humvees are just there to help you why are you hurting the only people that are there to help you it's that same exact kind of just idiot 
inability to see through other people's perspectives that gives you this terrible politics. I never thought it would be possible to death of the author Luke Wilson film, but by God, did we just do it? (laughs) (laughs) Can we do that for the film Old School now? (laughs) There's nothing wrong with a film Old School. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's canon. (laughs) Everything about it is great. It's actually adapted from one of the Homeric epics. What are some of the other 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 things like so even the, like the throwaway lines are the ones where you sort of get the sort of the deepest the deepest look at the sort of at the psychiatry going on the sheer sheer psychology. Actually, my favorite bit is when uh, the the dumb the dumb lawyer character is watching porn on his TV and it's just a woman's foot cutting up cutting up a steak on a plate with cutlery. <laughs> he's going, hell yeah, cut me a piece, and I'm oh, like, no. this looks like something I'd watch. All, yeah, all the diegetic movies in this film are actually like art house cinema. <laughs> But like ninety minutes in contemplation of an ass, like a woman's foot cutting some, uh, cutting up some beef, like that's like a Dolly movie. Like <laughs> all of no, all it's of like the- it's Andy Warhol's. Andy Warhol made a film where it was just him. What didn't he make a film that was like? I don't know how, like two hours of just him just sitting there doing nothing. Oh yeah, he did a bunch of people like that. Yeah. In the future, like all all like cultural content is either monster truck rallies or like Yoko Ono. <laughs> like, there is no middle ground. Oh damn! That's who's on the space station, taking everyone's blood and controlling everything and owning the government and every corporation. It's Banksy. <laughs> I think he's that Yoko Ono. That would be like a great late career twist for Yoko Ono. Well, Yoko Ono didn't she, wasn't she the one to say that like women are the N word and it was just fucking crazy? Yeah, I mean, I think that was uh, back when like. John Lennon was alive. It was a long time ago. But yeah, she did. They put out a song called uh, Woman is the N-Word of the World, um, which people tried. I think Bette Midler recently tried yeah, to yeah, reference yeah, exactly. that. And like, it's like, Bette, that shit hasn't aged well. It was bad <laughs> in the 70s and it fucking sucks now. <laughs> yeah. That's what we, we need to get. We need to finally take down Yoko Ono. She's had it too good for too long. Mm. Do, public darling Yoko Ono. Well, like Yoko Ono, oh, she didn't. So I think one of the, one of the thing one of the sort of, one of the, fu- one of the sort of, I think one of the things to sort of take from this, right, is that the it's so easy to do the comparison to Trump, like oh, pro wrestler is the president. This is so so clever and it's incredibly because, jacked President Trump. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ben Garrison's famously view in of shape. Trump. Um, no, it's Ben Garrison's nightmare, Trump. Um, which is that, like you know, there's a an, an an idiot and his feckless friends are are running the country, and it's because everyone's too stupid, but. That's not a trip in real life. Like, that's true. A, an idiot and his feckless friends are running the U.S., you know, and to a lesser extent, Britain. Um, but the hollowing out of government, the hollowing out of society is an ongoing project taken on by people with an interest in doing it. It's not just happening because dumb people like to fuck. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the that's the contradiction in its logic is like it, one, assumes that these people are so stupid that, like, they can't even... Uh, think for themselves critically about anything, but yet at the same time they have the power to uh, drastically alter society and everything about it. And it's like, well, which is it? Are these people just dumb herd people, or are they people who are actively changing the world? And it just seems like it it it, it can't it can't ha- it wants to have that both ways, but it can't. And it, it's it's fundamental policy prescription is read books, stay in school, and use your brain, um, which. I, like maybe take out some student loans while you're at it. Get a yeah. mortgage. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe the problem isn't that like like three guys control all the wealth in the world and like live on a space station where like you know they harvest our blood. Maybe the problem is love you, Elon. <laughs> um, 
maybe the problem actually is just that everyone didn't read enough dang George Orwell. Am I right? Yeah, I've actually come up with a special, uh, it's a sp- special seven book course to get really smart. Uh, these little known, these little known books, you know, people have got them because people don't read anymore called uh, Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> if you read about them, you can pretty much understand everything in the modern world through the prism of these books. They're really, they're amazing stuff. If only the author of those books would ever speak up about politics. Yeah, uh, you know what? I sometimes I think maybe stupidness is the Lord Voldemort of modern time. Hell yeah! I'm just surprised how she managed to fit so many uh, trans characters of color in one book. <laughs> I also I, 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 I love it when J.K. Rowling comes on and tell, and explains anti-Semitism. I mean, she would know all about since she did actually write a series of goblin hook nose characters that run all the banks in the Harry Potter universe. Oh. It's like uh, no, not, no, that happened in the film. Oh no! That in the film happened to have six pointed stars all over the floor of their weird oh, bank no. building. It's that fucking bad, dude. Yeah. It's oh, really that bad. Oh, that's unfortunate. Look, we can they, wait. No, they have six pointed stars because they're sheriffs. <laughs> <laughs> it's run yeah. by sheriffs. I know. I know. We're running towards the end but i want to come back to this we, we mentioned this about the police i want to circle back to the police because there's this perfect surveillance state that always knows sting. where everyone is at all times like he what uh, there was a point where he's a fugitive from the law and he's running away from police every breath you take they every all, move you make they they'll all, be watching you they all look like sort of blue lives matter tatted up like extreme police um and and Stop going through my internet search history. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it does. I will say that, like, the the, the imagery involved with how they create the police in this film, like, it seems to strike a certain kind of American moment in a way that's like they're basically making shitty motorcycle gear from the year 2004 is apparently the police, which, to be fair, that universe and the police universe are very close to one another. But like the police w- cinematic universe. But when I when I see that when I see that that the way that like you know the the, the the sheriff looks like it could be like a badass longboards company from Los Angeles or something like that. Like everything about it just seems a little too on the nose. Like the cops on one hand, like you said, Riley, there's like this panopticon that apparently they don't put GPS things in you, but they do tattoo a barcode on your wrist for some reason. It's like, so they don't Everyone know where you are man. unless you accidentally get scanned by their dumb cameras that sometimes shoot each other with guns. Like in the, the member in the prison, the guns start shooting randomly and then shoot each other. Like, so on one hand you have this panopticon, but it's the dumb panopticon, but the cops who act like modern American cops are also just like fatter and dumber and sloppier and like, but also it's possible. But also kitted out like riot cops for some reason. Hmm, I, it's almost as if it's describing the world we live in. But it's 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 strange to me how their their ability, and maybe this is the liberalism coming through again, their ability to critique the police winds up being so almost safe in a way that they don't realize they're actually just describing the police. Yeah. Like everything else is just super over-exaggerated. But in this case, it's like, what if the cops had shittier fonts on their, you know, on their cars, but literally everything else is the same. Well, it's like, idi- mm-hmm. it, so Idiocracy wasn't a documentary. It was an episode of Cops. Yes. And I, I got I to gotta say this too, because <laughs> Adam, Adam being in the Midwest right now can definitely get this vibe as well. In the United States, you guys, have you seen Dodge Chargers before? The new oh, Dodge yeah. Chargers, right? Yeah. Big, big, big. They're like muscle cars, like new American muscle cars. And of course, cops in America drive them like in cop cars. They're just like fucking, they've made Dodge Charger cop cars. But... There's a uh, there's a version of them, so it'll be like a <laughs> which muscle- button makes it transform? <laughs> exactly, it's a muscle car, but it's got like roll bars and lights on it and everything. So it looks- Instead of gas, it uses cum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just and literally like cum the reason we- the, the reason why I'm saying this is really dumb, and maybe you'll make fun of me for this, but like I remember I was driving down the road with some friends of mine once, and I saw one of those, and I'm like, every time I see that car, all I can think of is like, I'm gonna fuck you with my cop dick. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's, 
And it's like, that wouldn't be out of place in this movie or this universe. No, not yeah. at all. Sarge. Because the monster trucks literally have dicks. Exactly. <laughs> There's yeah. dicks everywhere in this film. Sarge, we're running a bit low. We're going to have to pull over and jack off into the tank. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. Shall I jack you off or do you want to jack me off? It's not gay, it's for fuel. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how, I, 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 give this, I give this film... Um, uh, uh, four Pinocchios out of possible five. Uh, not really a documentary, full of many falsifications and fictions. Uh, I don't think much of it actually happened, uh, but the cop stuff seems pretty real to me. It's weird to me because I watched this movie at first. I was like, oh, this is good when I was in college. And then I was like, eh, it's a lot of like missed opportunities later on. And then when I saw it again, and now I watch it, I'm like, this movie just like college. sucks. It's bad. Yeah. Adam, any, any, any final thoughts? It's terrible. It's, I, it, it's one of the worst films I've ever seen, I think. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, like, it's just, it's so, it's so infuriatingly bad. Like, some of the gags are admittedly kind of funny in this sort of really base, sort of crude way. But it's like, I was losing my fucking mind watching that film, man. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe the sh- the shit that it was, was attempting to sort of pass off as, 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 as criticism. <laughs> <laughs> I I used to be hungry, uh, and now I just it's not that I'm I'm full or I'm nauseous. I'm just I'm not hungry anymore because I'm sad. Uh, well, I just hope, and I'm sure Olga can agree with me for a future where those of us who like to look at ass are no longer ashamed. <laughs> Vive la revolution, motherfuckers! Hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, it reminded me too much of the year I bought my first tampons. So. <laughs> <laughs> And we Long remember, after I first started my period. You remember it all fondly. Um, so I think, yeah, in some four to five Pinocchios, three out of five buckets of popcorn. Um, as well as period blood. <laughs> two, five out of five buckets of cum. This, and, the, and the sky was dark because all of the stars were in idiocracy. Um, all right. Including the third Wilson brother that no one knew existed. <laughs> Finally, we have a use for our superfluous Wilson brothers. Like the, the, the attic-dwelling one. <laughs> I mean, I'm still just laughing because at the time, the Caja, they named the lawyer Frito Pendejo, but I realized now, I'm like, wait, his name is Fried Asshole? Like, <laughs> fuck me. This That's is my so own name. <laughs> so, uh, on that Fried Asshole, I think it's time for us to, to say goodbye from this premium episode of this particular podcast that you're listening to right now. We got some electrolytes to catch up on. Yeah, we oh, all have yeah. to catch up on our electrolytes. I have to go lie face down in my living room and it's just try to forget crave. that today ever happened. I'm going to um, go to Starbucks and get a hand job, I think. Yeah. So. I, I'm going to ride my bike home, but if I get in a wreck, it's okay because they're going to put a probe in my ear, my mouth, and my ass. <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, some some places you have to pay for that. <laughs> like Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so the usual stuff. Uh, thank you for already for subscribing to our Patreon, which you've done if you're listening to this episode. Tell your friends to do it. Uh, secondly, if Hell, you're in- subscribe to it again. <laughs> Be a troop. <laughs> Consider subscribing to a higher price point. Secondly, we are having a live show at the Seckford on- in London on the 30th of September. You should come to it. Also, September, on, the 20, on the 24th of October, I, I'm running a stand-up show at the Seckford, which Olga will be performing at. So that's very good. We'll be talking about ass. <laughs> will you Almost be? exclusive. Alex <laughs> Keeley will also be performing there. You all know him. Uh, a person that I have met. Yeah. It is, we're screening the movie Ass. It's going to be really great. It's going to be dope. So, um, you know. What else? Uh, as, as usual, you can commodify your descent with a t-shirt from Lil Comrade. 
Uh, you can get whatever you want. You get a line from Idiocracy printed on it. You could get the phrase, Idiocracy, what a friggin' documentary, <laughs> if you wanted to. Mm. Uh, and finally, finally, get, finally. No, please get the phrase, the third Wilson brother. <laughs> and finally. I'm going for Hall- <laughs> on Halloween. I'm dressing up as a third Wilson brother. You have so many <laughs> Halloween costumes you've run through over the course of this afternoon. Um, and finally, thank you to Ginseng for the use of our theme song. Uh, here we go. You can find it on Spotify. Uh, until that is all the dum-dums uh, uh, take over all the companies and turn all the music into farts. So, in any case, Adam, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. And talking about this fantastic film. Yeah. Oh, boy. Mm, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure, lads. It's been, you know, Oh, well, has it been a pleasure? It's been something. It's been hot. It's, it's been, it's been, been hot. hot. It's, been, it's hot. been hot and difficult. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Thank you.